Hello and welcome to the Messy Studio, Ireland edition. And I am here with the artist Keith Wilson. And um, he is an artist from Northern Ireland. And he currently divides his time between Belfast and Ballycastle, which is the village in Ireland where the Ballon Glen Arts Foundation is located. And Keith works in painting, drawing, printmaking, um, and with imagery mainly derived from his immediate surroundings. He has a lovely home in, in the countryside where we're sitting right now. And the imagery is somewhat abstracted uh, in ways that emphasize uh, shape and color and texture. And he shows his award-winning work widely, and he's a full member of the Royal Ulster Academy. So welcome, Keith. Hi, Rebecca. Uh, thank you very much for asking me to do this. So I'd like you to start out by just telling us a bit about your work, about your working process, um, and um, maybe a little bit about your background as well. Okay, well... Um as I was saying, I was telling you earlier, I have just returned from Belfast. And at the moment, I'm in the process of just kind of walking around looking at things again. Uh, but but uh, when I'm working, it probably takes me about a week to get back into work and kind of reconnect with the place mm -hmm. again. Uh, so I'll be making... I, I, I don't really have any plans what I'm going to be making next, but I'll be making... Uh, drawings, I imagine, first, because I usually go out and make a lot of drawings, uh, little kind of sketchbook notes and things mm -hmm. first. And that, that lets me get into, uh, kind of be begins looking at things and, and making a start. So it's always very difficult when I return. Yeah, I, I know that feeling, um, you know, traveling a bit myself and that, that re-entry of uh, getting... Yeah. You know, kind of, kind of letting the rest of the experience go, and now you're in a different place, and mm -hmm. so, um, so drawing is is a way to reconnect for you, um, and tell us a little bit about the kinds of drawing you do. I know some of them are very developed. Um, are there other drawings that are more like sketchbook drawings? Yeah, I keep a lot of. Uh Keep a lot of little sketches. I think you've seen boxes yes. <laughs> uh, here before, but I keep a lot of little drawings that I usually stick up around the studio, you know, as I'm working on something larger. So they kind of inform uh, what I'm doing. There's some, there's some pieces here at the moment. Uh, so I, it could be anything. It could be, it could be, Drawings made in a sketchbook or little drawings made on yellow stickies or something, or maybe something a little bit larger, maybe A4. But I, mm -hmm. I kind of gather information and then stick it up in the studio and then make something from that. I like to work inside. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I'm making drawings, I'm not really making drawings thinking about making drawings before I make a painting. They're drawings in their own right. Mm -hmm. You know, they're drawings as... As, uh, you know, food like for a drawing, and I usually work in series as well. So I could make lots of things and something will come from it. So, um, so you come back, you make a lot of drawings and, um, you also paint, mm -hmm. um, oil paint. And, um, you say that the drawings are kind of a separate, um, pathway for you they're not necessarily connected mm -hmm. to the paintings um 
But does it take you longer then to get into developing a painting? I kind of make drawings and paintings, not physically at the same time, but within the same space. Uh So there could be drawings on, you know, on, on one wall of the room, and then I could begin making a painting. But a painting could take months to make. Uh, so, I don't know, I kind of, I kind of work in layers, so I could work, you know, for a week in one way and then put it aside and then work again. So maybe, maybe in a couple of months time, uh, there'll be a painting that's, that's (laughs) come out of here. Or there could be four paintings, you know, there could be quite a, quite a group of things that, that go together. So, and, and we'll put some images of what you do on the, Messy Studio Facebook page. So it's always interesting to see and, and very hard to describe really when so many of these talks with artists are talking about their work and mm. people are like, mm, what's this all about? Yeah. So we'll, we'll have these up. Um, and they, as I mentioned in the intro, they are, the imagery is derived, um, pretty much from your immediate surroundings, it seems like. Um, and this interests me because because we are in a part of the landscape here that is quite dramatic. Um, mm-hmm. my own work, I, you know, the, the rocky sea coast and the, you know, the vistas of the bogs and all that. It's kind of, it all is important to me, but I think it's because it's uh, unusual for me to see it. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. I mean, it's, it strikes me as unusual, mm-hmm. but. I just have, I have the feeling looking at your work that it is about your personal space, about mm-hmm. here, the surroundings. I mean, we're sitting here looking out the window at, at grasses and trees, and there's actually a couple of cows outside the window. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, um, so it's very pastoral and beautiful. And I just wonder if you could talk a little bit about what this immediate place around your house means to you in your work and is are there images derived from other places as well or am i off base that this is about your immediate surroundings no they're 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 i suppose i have made work in some other places but really for the past i would say 15 years i've only made paintings of here of this Mm. garden that's quite a big garden it is but uh mainly the things i make here i i think I started making things to figure out how I was actually, uh, you know, what was in the garden, what was in this space, what happens in this corner. Uh-huh. So it was a way for me to explore the place, to make drawings or to make paintings. And I can remember coming down here with the the agent when I first came down to see the house and looking around the garden and thinking, there must be a million paintings yeah. in this garden. Uh-huh. And, you know, I wanted to be the person to, to kind of discover them. Mm-hmm. So... I don't actually do much work in the garden, but, uh, you know, gardening work, mm-hmm. but I use the garden in a different way. You know, it's kind of like a jungle, but, <laughs> but, you know, I can go out and I can, I can spend a day outside making lots of little kind of scribbles. So yeah. it's good to explore. And I think that's why, uh, you know, around here, I've, I've kind of been my own little world. It's like a little, you know, I could put a yeah. dome over it. I, you know, it's like a little, like, well, and, and there's a quality to your work that is when you see the images of, I think it'd be as simple as a shadow on the grass. I mean, there, mm-hmm. there's something very 
familiar about it when you see your work. Um, it's kind of universal, really. And then mm-hmm. there's also this feeling you get of making you see something in a different way. And I was, um, I was, uh, just looking out the, the sun porch at Bowen Glen this morning and I was noticing some shadows on the grass coming, uh, from the, from the morning sun. And I thought of your work and I thought <laughs> this, sometimes an artist's work, um, impacts the viewer in a way that sort of changes how they see things, you know, and so I think there's this sense of, to me in your work, of paying this very close attention to what might be considered ordinary. Yeah. But but ordinary is also universal. You yeah. know, people recognize, and yet it, it also has a mystery to it. Mm-hmm. There's something interesting about, a, a, you know, about a lot of things made in a particular space, kind of everyday things. Mm-hmm. But then there are things that you could recognize if you lived over the other side of the world. Um, I mean, for a while I went around looking at puddles in the yes. garden, and there are quite a few of them here being Ireland, you know, so... <laughs> Uh, you know, there were, there were, there was a very normal thing to look at. And I remember being, uh, actually I was in Wisconsin, uh, talking to people and they're like, Oh, that's like in my garden or that, you know, so, so people kind of see a, a, a similarity in things. And that, that's what I liked about here, about looking yeah. at things that were kind of every day, not so unusual, but yeah, mm-hmm. other people could see something they recognized in them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the uh, people often talk about a sense of place in work, mm-hmm. and, and but mm-hmm. almost always it's a sense of place that is there's something unusual about the place, if you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. um, they're they're pulling something unusual or uh, an essence of something in the in the area, mm-hmm. and it seems like you're kind of. Uh, flipping that whole idea around and saying, uh, you know, your place here, deriving so much um, interest from the ordinary is, um, it's. I, I just find it really a different approach. It's, and, got, it's got no end to it. Yeah, there's, no there's, end. it is, and um, it is. It's, it seems to have something to do with a sort of an awareness or appreciation um, of the of what surrounds us. I would say. Um, that we that we probably take for granted. When I lived in Belfast, uh, you know, right in the center of town, and I had the the studio there. I used to go for drives for like an hour out into the country to find somewhere that I thought would be relevant to paint. But it was somewhere that wasn't really that important to me. Yeah. And now I just open the back door and walk outside, and it's right there, you know, and that. Kind of makes it more important that it's you know it's my it's a thing I see every day and yet uh, well that's what makes it special I guess yeah that's what makes it and so important. you when how long have you had this this house here when did you come to Ballycastle uh, I came to Ballycastle for a month because I was invited to come to Ballon Glen for for one month and I remember getting a letter this is. Well, this is a while ago. And uh, I thought, I can't go for a month. I can't take the time to go for a month. So I came for a month, and then I ended up another month, <laughs> and then another couple of months, and then someone said, you should go and see this house. There's a house for sale. That was 20 years ago. 
Really? This year, yeah. So it's 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 really and the rest something. is history. And the, <laughs> and the rest is history. No, I I do go other places. I travel a lot, but really, it's good to get back here and to mm. make work here. You know, it's kind so of this is nice. this is your main studio, your main home. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And so when I go back to Belfast, I visit. I stay with my parents and I visit friends all around Belfast. And I think most people probably think, "What are you doing out west? Have you retired out out west?" But it's, well, it's, it's really- and it's funny because my impression of how this whole area is, I guess, kind of regarded or thought of is it's quite remote. In Ireland, it's, right? It's very remote, and it's uh, but it's special. You know, I, I you know, twenty years on, I'm still thinking what what really kept me here, what attracted me to here. Um, I like the people, I like the place. I found a kind of source for for my work, a kind of never ending source. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, what's <laughs> what's not to like? Else? <laughs> yeah, I. I <laughs> I think so many people f- sort of fall under the spell when they come. Yeah. They come to Val and Glen, and yeah. Um, yeah. it's it's a place that yeah it gets to you. And you know, I have to leave in a couple of days. I don't want to leave. You mm. know, it's mm. it's absolutely an intriguing and beautiful place uh, to be. Um, and just a few minutes ago, you mentioned being in Wisconsin, and I know yeah. um, I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. I know that was for a printmaking event. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about what printmaking is about for you? Ooh, well, printmaking. Now I haven't made so many prints, but I enjoy making printmaking. Uh, Carborundum was what I had worked on. Uh, Carborundum with a with a kind of grit. Uh, and a, and a glue to create different plates, uh, uh, to work with different colors. And because I work in layering, uh, when I'm making paintings, that kind of made sense mm-hmm. to me that, uh, I could see that happening. But I find anytime I've made prints, uh, I kind of get caught up in the process and that slows me down a little bit. And not being, having made prints, but not, but mainly being a painter, uh, I kind of find painting more immediate. And I think I would have to make more prints to learn how to, to <laughs> until work it with flowed it more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and what, there was an event in Wisconsin, I guess, that you've been to more than once. Yeah. It was a, it was a, a kind of a monoprint event with different people, uh, different artists who were mainly printmakers who had come, uh, from different parts of the States. Uh, and it was organized by a guy called Bob Erickson, uh, an artist himself. And he was the, the head of the print department at Stevens Point in Wisconsin. And actually he, uh, was asked uh, this year to to help organize a print event in Milwaukee uh, with Rena Yoon of uh, the uh, MIAD. It's uh, Milwaukee mm-hmm. Institute of Art and Design. And I was invited to that this year. And that that's a great thing to go to because you see how other people work. You mm-hmm. see, it's very interesting to work with a group of people in quite an intensive, uh, quite an, quite an intensive week. Uh, of making of making prints, and yeah. of course I'm there thinking, oh, you know, there, there's so much going on here that, <laughs> that I could learn from. I'd love to stay two weeks. It, it sounds uh, wonderful, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And is there anything, now you, you talked about, you know, you work with layers. Mm. So the layering, uh, so printmaking is, it fits in nicely. Is there anything yeah. from printmaking that you bring back into drawing or painting, like a cross-pollination kind of thing? Well, I think they do inform one another over time. Uh, and sometimes I think when I'm making drawings, I'm, I make paintings in a similar way. I kind of work on one, one kind of whole pass over the whole image. And mm -hmm. then I kind of, I, I, sometimes I notice my hand moving the same way when I'm making a painting. Uh -huh. Uh, and so I think this, some of the same marks come through in different things. But it's over time when you look back on things, you think, oh yeah, that came from, that came from there. Or that came from yeah. There. It's sometimes it's hard to, to, um, trace the, <laughs> the pathways. I, I see that in my own work as well. It's like, um, it permeates whatever you're doing permeates whatever else you're doing. There are different, there are different ways to get to something, you know, they're different way. They're, they're completely different. I made a, uh, I brought a drawing to Milwaukee this time and Bob Erickson and I ran it through, uh, a laser cutter, which mm. cut, uh, a piece of plywood to make a wood cut. And then we printed it. Now, it was very interesting to see the result. And I was thinking, well, it's not quite like the drawing, but it's not a drawing. It was a print. <laughs> right. You know, it was a completely different thing. So uh, it's interesting what actually comes out with, you know, with different techniques. Uh, it's only by experimenting that you, you yeah, the that. the print. The, the transferred image always has a little, it looks different. It, mm -hmm. there is something lost and something gained, I think, when an image is transferred from a plate or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, so drawing, painting, and printmaking, uh, have you ever done anything with, with three dimensions? <laughs> I have at college years ago. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I take a lot of photographs. Uh, uh -huh. I've never really done anything three-dimensional, but I, I make little kind of, uh, like I keep everything together in, in little books. Uh, it's not really three-dimensional, but I take a lot of photographs. Uh, the good thing now is you ha everyone's got a camera on their phone and, you know, I don't know how many photographs are in my phone, thousands. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I don't, I, I never look at them again, but I, it's actually, I think the important thing about Taking a photograph is it actually something catches your eye and you look at something. You want to record it, but actually the, the important thing was looking at it in the first place. I, I totally agree. And I've, mm. I've often, uh, said, I think, I think there's an assumption that painters work with photographic reference, mm. but I actually mm. think you probably notice certain things because you have a certain way of looking, which is in your painting and in your photography, mm -hmm. but it it's not that the painting relies on the photograph or anything no. like that. As you say, you may never look at it again. A photograph, a photograph can be a start to a painting or a drawing. And I know I can, you know, when I'm talking about pinning things up in the studio around a larger piece, yeah, there might be a photograph there. And the photograph kind of start something off but you know after a while i'll let the drawing or the painting take over and the photograph doesn't really have any purpose anymore it's, it's a point of departure or something mm. yeah yeah, I still yeah. Keep it in a box though <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Um, and you also do some small watercolor studies, color studies, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, very minimalist, actually. Um, and um, I wonder if those play a part in your other work, or are they they sort of a separate thing for you? Uh, well, I guess nothing can be completely separated, you know, from what you do. But it's a it's a way of it's a way of thinking. When I went away. Last year, when I was in Italy last year, I had a month. I spent a month at Art Studio Jane Estrella on a on a residency, uh, and what I wanted to do was just concentrate on making little watercolor pieces. And it was a nice kind of contained thing to do. I still I don't know how they will come out in later work that I make, but mm-hmm. I, I'm not kind of pushing to kind of. Make them kind of, you know, it's a kind of contrived way of thinking to make them influence something I'm going to do in the future. Yeah, well, it, it, there's such a um, element of exploration and intuition in in everything. I think that a, a really dedicated artist does. I mean, you you do not do everything because you know where it's going for sure. No, <laughs> you no, do no, some no, things no, no, because. No. You just feel compelled to do them. <laughs> if you if you get the chance to to try something, if someone gives you a new material and says try this, that's that's a great thing. You don't know what's going to happen with it. You know, if someone says give this a go, that's a that's a it's a great way of learning and discovering. Yeah. For yourself, maybe maybe that's maybe that's the thing that you like. You know, that's really going to let you. You know, make make some good work that you'll be satisfied with. So yeah, that just being open and uh, yeah, 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 you got to be. I I think you know, in my own life, that was cold wax medium. You know, yeah, when you, <laughs> you find the thing that that yeah, you know that yeah. that really made sense to you. Yeah, it was just an art material, and it, and it's become a very important mm. to me. So. Mm-hmm. um yeah, I, I guess, you know, in retrospect, people always ask questions like, how are these things connected? And, and when you, when you look back, you know, you can see certain things led to other things. But yet in the moment, no, uh, you very, you don't know, but if you, if you, if you look back, yeah, you're going to see some kind of, oh, yeah, I did that. And oh, yeah, and that led to this. But, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta keep moving. Just keep going, going yeah. forward. Just keep so doing something. Trust, trusting whatever you do has some, yeah. some purpose, I yeah, think. It does. Um, so, um, I guess what, one thing we didn't talk about in the time that we have left is, um, well, basically your background. I, I mm. just sort of gave you, gave your like professional resume <laughs> at the beginning there, but, um, yeah. you know, you've been doing this a long time. You've yeah. um, had great success, and so um, maybe tell us a little bit about your your background, your journey as an artist. Uh, well, my my journey. I went to school in Belfast, and then went to art school for a year there. Then went to the College of Art in Edinburgh, in Scotland, and I spent five years there. And then I came back to Belfast because I heard that there was a studio available. And so I thought, that's, that's great. That's, that's what I want to do. You know, and it gave me a chance to actually have a place to work. No, I needed to pay for the studio. So I did lots of different things like being a groundsman and working at the theater, which was great for, 
you know, seeing, seeing other things, meeting other people. Um, but it gave me the chance to do what I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. then after about four years of being in the studio there, I got the letter that said, would you like to come to the Bowen Glen Arts Foundation? Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, you know, I, I kind of, I knew I always wanted to do something art related uh, and I'd always been drawing as a kid, and mm-hmm. you know, did were people in your family artists? Yeah, my father was a graphic designer, and my mother was a classroom assistant, and she did all the murals in the in the primary school that she mm-hmm. worked in. So yeah, I was a house full of, and my sister's a, a an illustrator as well. Ah, yeah. So, <laughs> and you did mention that you were you were trained as an illustrator. So, uh-huh. was that sort of a, a practical sort of decision early on? That uh, as a way to did you think of that as a way to have a, a make money or no? Not mm, <laughs> no, not as not as not as well planned as that. But I, I, it was a very free illustration course in Edinburgh College of Art. It was a very free illustration course. Some days you were given one word to Mm. respond to. You've got two weeks to respond to the color yellow. So you went to the library and you did some research on that. But then, you know, in the next month it could have been, there's a newspaper article about this, produce an image for this newspaper article. But you could have done anything. So there were people in my year in college who were responding to a piece of text that they were given. Uh, But Someone could have been building something outside in the yard and someone else could have been making a really fine detailed painting. So there were all sorts of types of work there. Yeah, that's really interesting. It, all it is really is a focus on uh, content or meaning. No one was, yeah, no one was taught how to, you've got to do it in this technique, like a, like mm-hmm. a finely airbrushed. Exploded diagram of a motorbike or something. You know. Yeah, that, that's pretty different than what I was imagining when you said that. Um, and to to emphasize, emphasize, yeah, an expression of some some thought, really, some meaning. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, I was always interested in uh, song lyrics, and I always thought that I could respond to. You know, different things that I'd heard and maybe this would become a CD cover or maybe this would uh-huh. become, you know, and I, th- I began thinking like that. But when I came out of college and maybe the first couple of years of being out in the real world, uh, someone said to me, you know, you should, you should really think about framing a couple of those pieces that you've made. And, and I never thought about that. I never thought about putting my name to a piece of work and right. seeing it on a wall. I thought of my work as being reproduced. Uh, so I don't know. You just yeah. go, go with it and go, <laughs> you go, you know, one thing leads to another. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so gradually you, you built up a career and you, yeah. you're, you're, uh, and I, I, had had no, I had no grand plan, but I, Went from one thing to another, kind of gradually going upwards. Mm-hmm. And so I've had chosen lots of different places. And it's great to actually know that maybe someone has something that you made in their house. You know, it's a great thing to go to someone's house for dinner. And Yeah, yeah, there's just something really rewarding about that. <laughs> something you thought about and made. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well that that's a really um it's a, it seems like a career path that has been 
uh, unfolded very well without mm-hmm. um, a lot of stress for you. But but you've worked very hard, I'm sure. So yeah, and I work you- all all the time. I mean, I remember telling someone a couple of years ago now about you know how I really painted every day or made a drawing every day. I mean, I'd probably do do something every day, mm-hmm. and it's not because I think I have to do that today. It's just my way of seeing the world and yeah. going out and thinking about you know where where am i where am i in the world that's a great thing for everyone to do is to go out and you know you kind of make sense of yourself and where you are by by going out and looking at things yeah so. i i think that's that's a good thought to end on that it's your way of of seeing and and being hmm. aware of your surroundings makes, here makes, it kind of makes sense of things to me to be able to be able to do that mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes I've I've had the feeling myself as an artist when I'm when I have a a big feeling about something, like I'm moved by something, and I think I have to process this, and the only way I know how to process it is through my artwork. And I think if you don't have some way to process what you're feeling, where does where does it go? I guess everyone finds their own way, whether they actually produce a creative product or project or whether they just introspectively digest it in some way. But there's that sense of needing to take it in and understand it. And I get that. I think that's what you're talking about. Looking at things and making things helps you make sense of your world. But the nice thing about something visual and making it is it, there's no, there's no words, there's no language that can communicate to other people wherever, you know. So if you find that the, the way to let the thing out is through, is through painting or drawing, that, that thing can be shown to other people, you know, it can make other people notice the thing that you found interesting or it can be something that they recognize. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Keith, for sharing all this about your work and your thoughts. (laughs) Thank you. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Please make sure to check out squeegeepress.com, as well as www.rebeccacroll.com. And sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>